Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) So happy to be with you, as always. Thank you for joining with me, transcending time and space by means of technology. Yeah, but we're eternal. We're infinite. So we really can join together in the mind and transcend time and space. So let's do it. (laughs) And I'm going to invite you to turn within with me. I like to pray. As you well know, I like to pray. So we take a breath of love and gratitude, gratefully and thankfully, opening our heart, opening our mind to the very highest possibilities of love, grateful and thankful to open ourselves to unprecedented, unlimited wholeness and healing. Grateful and thankful to consciously attune to the infinite love, the field of divine wisdom and intelligence that surrounds us and enfolds us. It is our very nature, our essence. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of recognizing the fullness of our perfection and to see the Christ in ourselves and everyone else, to see with God's vision. We are grateful and thankful to let go of the past. We're letting go of lack, attack, limitation, and separation, and we're allowing ourselves to truly be free. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. So our topic is trusting God's plan. Trusting God's plan. There's quite a bit in A Course in Miracles that's really helpful about planning. And uh, I invite you to be willing to consider some of it because... Uh, I have to say that this is where a lot of us get tripped up because we make plans and we get attached to our plans. We get quite convinced that we're right and we need what we need, we want what we want, and uh, we end up creating a lot of difficulty and suffering for ourselves. And, of course, we can always learn through suffering or joy. It's our choice. We have free will to choose, and no matter what we choose, we're all headed in the same direction. Uh, A Course in Miracles tells us repeatedly that the mind training of the workbook and the practices of truly living A Course in Miracles are for the purpose of saving time spent in suffering, so we can Eliminate the suffering, or we can elongate the suffering. It's totally up to us. And um, so, uh, as I often do prior to our uh, episode, we're here live. Um, 
most weeks we're here live and uh, I just open the course and see what what I'm guided to. And um, so I open to the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 9, which is entitled, Are Changes Required in the Life Situation of God's Teachers? And uh, this is such an important topic for us to look at because uh, what many of us fear is that if we go down this spiritual path further and further, we're going to have to give up the things that we love and value and need and want and that uh, we, we have great attachments to. And we think that that life of giving up all those things would be less desirable less enjoyable. That's a very, very common thing. I talk with many spiritual students who are uh, consciously and unconsciously afraid that they're going to have to make a sacrifice. And A Course in Miracles says to us over and over again that we don't have to make any sacrifice of anything that would make us happy or bring us joy, just the opposite. We only have to give up that which is hurtful and harmful. And uh, we just really have to give up our mental attachment to things. But many people don't actually believe that. They fear they'll have to give up the things they desire. They think, I'm going to have to give up drinking, I'm going to have to give up smoking, I'm going to have to give up... Uh, complaining, and lots of other things that I actually feel like I enjoy. And um, what I was contemplating and preparing for today is some of the things that I had the strongest attachments of my life to. Men I was involved with, um, friends, um, even habits, food habits, Uh, all kinds of things that I thought I couldn't be happy without those things, that I just really, really needed them, Uh, things that now are not a part of my life. And I don't think about them. I don't miss them. If you said we could bring them back to you right now, would you like them? I would say, you know, really, I, it's, I'd, I only want the highest and best for myself and everyone else. So if it's the highest and best, bring it. If it's not, leave it. That's fine with me. I never imagined that I would become that free in my mind. And uh, it comes from my daily looking at my attachments and rejoicing that I'm cultivating the willingness to let every single one of them go. So when I discover a new one and I can let it go, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. So I'm always working on letting another attachment go. And uh, attachments, of course, come in the, the, um, I call them the flavors of, (laughs) they come in the flavors of addictive compulsive tendencies. They come in the flavors of craving, needing, wanting. They come in the flavor of aversions. I hate that. I can't stand that. It makes me sick. It's disgusting. It's repulsive. Um, you know, it's it's so interesting how uh, there are uh, our judgments are so 
hidden sometimes. Now, here's a, I'm only talking about this because I feel spirit prompting me. Because uh, I honestly, my personality would just assume not talk about it. But here's what's coming right now. So um, I think it was last week, one of my dear, dear friends, uh, who's a musician, wonderful musician. Her name is Renee Stahl, uh, R-E-N-E-E-S-T-A-H-L, and she's written some of my favorite music. Um, I'm sure you can find her at iTunes and CD Baby. And um, uh, Anyway, um, uh, and she has a beautiful song, uh, uh, um, You Didn't Know. It's one of my favorites. Um, beautiful songs uh, that are about forgiveness and understanding and compassion and beautiful children's music as well. So she's got music for adults and children. Anyway, I never plan to talk about any of that, but I love Renee's music. Anyway, she sent me this. We have a habit of saying to funny YouTube that make us laugh out loud. And we enjoy what, when we get together, we enjoy watching them. We watch cats who are afraid of cucumbers and um, just all kinds of silly things that make us laugh. And she's she, being a musician. She is interested in things related to sound. So she found a funny video, funny to her, uh, about someone who recorded one of their farts, their passing gas, that was a seven octave emission a sound it made it went seven octaves and um this person made a youtube video about their fart and the seven octaves and she thought it was the funniest thing ever of course she's a musician so that just really really made her laugh i could hardly listen to it because me being so empathic all i could i i could feel his body is, he is, every time they played it again and again and again throughout this video, I just like, I, uh, it just, I just didn't wish to be that empathic with somebody else's gastrointestinal system. Uh, and, um, and mixed into that was my own judgment that this is uncouth. My grandmother would be rolling over in her grave that I would even be talking about this. Um, and so uh, I just noticed, it, it with even with something like that, that it wouldn't have really bothered me quite so much had I not had judgment about what is proper and improper. So there again, this is just another attachment I can let go of. But it affected my ability to laugh or not laugh at it. Um, and so, yeah, none of that has anything to do with God's plans. But it does have to do with being so um, gratefully aware of what's going on. Because listening to that video, I really... It was a one-minute, ten-second video, something like that. And after 30 seconds, I just did not want to listen one more second. So I, I realized this is a strong aversion. What am I to learn from this? 
rather than just stopping it and thinking my friend is disgusting or something like that. I said, no, there's an aversion here. There's something I can heal here. So that's that's the life I lead. And so it's not that I don't have aversions, I don't have judgments, that I don't get irritated, frustrated, or annoyed. It's that I'm always looking for something else I can give to the Holy Spirit for healing. And it is such healing that is truly living a course in miracles. So in this section are changes required in the life situation of God's teachers. It begins with changes are required in the minds of God's teachers. So not in the life, in the mind. So if you have a fear that you go too far on this path, you're going to have to give up the things that you enjoy. The changes are not required in the life. They're required in the mind. In the mind. Remember, all healing is at the level of the mind. It says, remember that no one is where he is by accident, and chance plays no part in God's plan. I think that that is very valuable for us to understand. I feel how valuable it is for us to understand that there are no accidents, there's nothing random, there's nothing left to chance in this whole world. Sometimes people will say to me things like, good luck, or, oh, that was good luck, uh, or, oh, that was bad luck. and. Uh, I've even had people who are spiritual teachers who've been doing this work a long time still talking about, hey, good luck with that, you know, and and really thinking that luck is involved in their life. And there's no luck. There's no luck. This is a highly intelligent, highly organized, Universe, there's no luck involved. None. So it's helpful for us to recognize that, to realize that. And in realizing it, in being willing to realize it, that chance plays no part in God's plan. If you consider that everything that you've experienced, maybe random things that seemed Devastating, like a car accident or some other kind of accident, because sometimes our loved ones die of an accident. I have a dear friend of mine that uh, died in an accident, and these accidents are part of God's plan. Now, we can't really understand God's plan until we can see beyond time and space, right? Until we have that fifth-dimensional awareness that we have the ability to see beyond time and space. Until then, we just have to have trust and faith that God's plan for us is one of love and light. And it helps us tremendously as A Course in Miracles students if we can also recognize that this experience we're having is not 
permanent. So there is no death. I am not a body and there is no death. It seems like there is, but there's not really death because we're eternal. We're not bound in time and space. It just looks that way because we believe it so strongly. Now it says it is most unlikely the changes in attitudes would not be the first step in the newly made teacher of God's training. (laughs) This is where people are being invited to read it very closely. So another way to say this is the first step is going to be our changes in attitude. That's the first step in our training, is the change in attitude. And the change in attitude is worth so much. It's so valuable. It's the attitude of oneness and unity versus the attitude of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. Those are really very distinct attitudes that generate very distinct experiences. So. Let's let's get a new attitude, like the, the Pointer Sisters, right? Like Patty LaBelle? Pointer Sisters, I think it was. Yeah. Got a new attitude. So there is, however, no set pattern since training is always highly individualized. So one of the things that I know many spiritual students do, myself included, is uh, we read and listen to books that are, or stories uh, that are the telling of other spiritual beings' journey, right? We're looking for clues. Oh, you know what? Uh, This spiritual teacher only eats papaya, so maybe that'll work for me. Maybe that'll help me to um, attain enlightenment. Um, I just listened to, while I was gardening over the weekend, I was listening to Shirley MacLaine's book about the Camino. So I'm um, exploring uh, going out on the Camino for a couple weeks in um, October. And if you'd like to join me on that trip, I'm going to open it. If other people would like to join me, um, you can email admin at jenniferhadley.com, admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com. And so I was listening to Shirley MacLaine's book and uh, to see what I could learn about the Camino. And certainly it was interesting to hear her stories. Uh, She's an extraordinary person in so many ways. I I very much admire her. And her book, Out on a Limb, was catalyst for me when I was uh, much younger. It really, uh, my mother gave it to me and it really propelled me on my journey as it did for many. As it did for many, I just met a new friend the other day, and they told me that was the life-changing thing for them. I know many people have said that. So, but we, if we look to other people's journey to see, well, maybe I should do it like them, we're, we're still trying to figure it out, and our ego is still trying to make a plan. And it's not helpful. Now, um, 
I'm going to go, of course, to the workbook lesson 135. Uh, there it is. Open it perfectly, which uh, is all about planning or a lot about planning. It's the longest lesson in the workbook, and um, it's called If I Defend Myself, I Am Attacked. And paragraph 11 begins with, a healed mind does not plan. A healed mind does not plan. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from the course, it says, it carries out the plans that it receives through listening to wisdom that is not its own. So we don't make the plans, we receive the plans. This is why cultivating the capacity to listen and follow your guidance is so important. How do you know you're not following guidance, that you're not following inspiration? You feel attached to your plan. And you don't want to give it up. That's a sure sign you are not following guidance. So it says it waits until it has been taught what should be done and then proceeds to do it. It does not depend upon itself for anything except its adequacy to fulfill the plans assigned to it again there's a plan we will be assigned now the ego says the hell with that i have my own assignments i have my own plan i have my own agenda my happiness includes this and this and this and this that's my plan i want to have children i, I i'd like to be married i'd like to live in nova scotia i'd like to you know have a house that has uh, whatever. These are my plans. Hey, we can all say, oh, these are the things I'd like. But when we have an attachment to it, then comes the suffering. So it does not depend upon itself for anything except its adequacy to fulfill the plan assigned to it. So I'll give you an example of this because it's the first one that popped into my awareness, which is uh, back in 2010, I got the idea to the Living a Course in Miracles classes, and we just finished a wonderful series that was all about divine guidance and cultivating the ability to um, see with spiritual sight, to perceive clearly intuition and guidance. Uh, wonderful classes with Gary Renard and John Mundy, Lisa Natoli, Miranda McPherson, and myself. And it's all free for you right this minute at livingacourseofmiracles.com. So anyway, uh, and you get the downloads and the transcripts. Please go and enjoy. And um, so when I first got the idea to do the Living a Course of Miracles series back in 2010, it came to me as a full-blown idea I could feel like a download, all the different aspects of it and how it would ripple out into the world. I had never done anything remotely like that before. I had done classes on the phone, but I'd never done anything like that before. <coughs> I didn't have a staff of people to help me. I didn't have a clue. Hmm. Clearing something in my throat. Give me a moment here. 
Speaking as much as I do, I'm constantly clearing things through my throat chakra, which is good. My, my, <coughs> wow. Just mm. setting it clear here. Hmm. Been sitting here for hours, not talking. And as soon as I was singing, but not talking. And now here comes the clearing. <clears throat> so I said yes to doing it because I could feel how much benefit it would bring. But I had no idea how much work would be involved or how much of my own money I would um, invest in. But it all worked out in the end, and I just had faith that it would because I knew so clearly this is my guidance to follow. You see, the thing is, though, we have to take our ego out of it or we crash and burn. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. God bless me. You know, I think I'm going to take a break right here. And I'm going to invite you to... Uh, oh, it, <laughs> So go to livingacourseofmiracles.com and grab those classes if you haven't already. Also, at livingacourseofmiracles.com, if you go to the resources page, uh, you'll see the where we keep the transcript for the radio show episodes. So we're transcribing them all. We're close to 300 episodes now. So uh, come and get your love. As I say, and um, we have a lot of other free things there. You can sign up for inspirational text messaging, and uh, that's free. You can get the free A Course in Miracles app. So there's a lot of resources, steady support, a lot of free things there for you. Go to CourseInMiracles.com. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're on Living the Love. You are too. We all are. We're living the life. We're walking the talk. And I will be right back with you. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles. Living the love, walking the talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Had some of my spiritual espresso. I'm doing much better. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just letting whatever that was 
dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause so I never experience it again. Having a healing, having a clearing all the time. So a healed mind does not plan. It is secure in certainty that obstacles cannot impede its progress to accomplishment of any goal that serves the greater plan established for the good of everyone. How about that? How about them apples? Nothing in the world can impede God's plan. So all we have to do is align with God's plan. Therein lies our joy. Wherever we're not experiencing joy, where we're experiencing anger and frustration and sadness, we're trying to make things happen, it's because we're not in alignment with God's plan. And what I have found is the more I align with God's plan, the happier I am, the easier my life is, far, far easier. I don't feel this struggle. I used to feel a constant sense of struggle. Even in the, the early years of my ministry, it just is dissolving year after year. It gets easier and easier and easier because I'm more fully and fully aligned with the plan. It says a healed mind is relieved of the belief that it must plan, although it cannot know the outcome which is best, the means by which it is achieved, nor how to recognize the problem that the plan is made to solve. It must misuse the body in its plans until it recognizes this is so. And when it has accepted that this is true, then is it healed and lets the body go. So, and then a little bit later it says, it is perhaps not easy to perceive that self-initiated plans are but defenses with the purpose all of them were made to realize. They are the means by which a frightened mind would undertake its own protection at the cost of truth. This is not difficult to realize in some forms which these self-deceptions take. The denial of reality is very obvious. Yet planning is not often recognized as a defense. The mind engaged in planning for itself is occupied in setting up control of future happenings. It does not think it will be provided for unless it makes its own provisions. Such a great section, right? This then a little bit further is where it says, what could you not accept if you but knew that everything that happens, all events, past, present, and to come, are gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good? Right? That's where it comes from. Lesson 135, paragraph 18. So our plans are a defense against the truth. So if we can learn every day to check in and say, hey, God, I'm with the program. What's the plan today? What's the plan for now? And here's the thing. It's not that we don't make plans. It's that we don't have self-initiated plans. Because we're tuning in. We can feel the difference. When you're willing, you can really feel the difference between a self-initiated plan. You can't let something go and it really upsets you 
That's not a self-initiated, I mean, that is a self-initiated plan. You think you know what's going to make you happy. You know, you think you know what's for your good. And as Jesus tells us, you stop thinking you know what will make you happy because you don't. Yeah, don't. (laughs) So back to the Manual for Teachers, Chapter 9. It says, We're going to have to change our attitude, remember? This is the first step in the training of God's teachers. It says, there is, however, no set pattern since training is always highly individualized. There are those who are called upon to change their life situation almost immediately. But these are generally special cases. I think of my sweet friend, Regina Don Akers, who told me that when, um, and we did a radio show about this. If you go back a couple of years, you, if you look in the archive for the shows with Regina, you'll find it. Um, she told me that she had gotten the guidance to move to Colorado. I forget what she was living, South Carolina or something like that. And um, took her job, moved to Colorado. And the thought of it frightened her so much, it took her a year to actually go. And she said during that year, there were many times, and that's what she said. I really asked her about it many times, where she was so completely overwhelmed by fear that she would take to her bed and curl up in the fetal position and under the covers. So she had, her ego was freaking out. But you see, that's rare that people make changes like that. Um, I know for me, I can tell you one big change, I, a couple big changes I made. Um, I was on track. I was a playwright. I was... Uh, studying to be a screenwriter in at the USC in the graduate screenwriting program. I graduated. I was uh, poised to start selling screenplays and uh, I had a stack of screenplays to sell and uh, people said they were very good. I was going to be a great success and I was really having a challenge selling any of the screenplays, even though everybody was like, oh, these are so good. Um, And I uh, had an agent who said to me, if you had sold one other thing, I could sell every one of these right away. And I took that, I went home, I turned in and God, God's voice the voice of the higher self, the guardian angel, the Holy Spirit, whatever name you prefer to give it, said, go grow your consciousness. That's the thing for you to do now. And I knew it was to go into the pre-practitioner training classes at Agape. I became a science of mind practitioner in year 2000, 17 years ago, and uh, and then from there into the practitioner, I mean, from the practitioner program to the ministerial program at the Holmes Institute, and then back to Agape, and 
and I graduated as a minister and launched my own ministry. And my guidance was to not become a minister in the agape community, but to go do my own thing, start from scratch. Uh, I, my personality wanted to work in the movie industry and be a writer. I love writing, but that was not God's plan for me. My personality wanted to stay at Agape with all the people I loved so much, but that was not God's plan for me. And um, I wanted to keep having a home, but in 2014, early in the year, God said, get out of here and go and travel, go from place to place. I'm a person that I really would just so prefer not to travel. Really, I really like staying in one place. It uh, because it just is easier for me in so many ways. I just I like my routines. But God was no, no, give up everything, all of it. Just give it up and see what unfolds. So I decided to be obedient and do those things, and um, and yet. If you look at my calendar, you can see I have plans for definitely uh, a good 10 months of solid plans and beyond, really. Um, as, but I, I'm, I'm following my guidance, and that's what makes my life happier and happier. So those are there are those who are called to change their life situation almost immediately, but they are generally special cases. And you know what? It all made me happy. It didn't make me sad. I felt so great to give away all my things in my or most of my things in the LA apartment and put a few things in storage and put all that to the side. Yay! So great, so great, and. I love the work that I do. I would not rather be a screenwriter, although I love writing. And by the way, I am anticipating uh, a book coming out in October, uh, my first published book uh, on forgiveness. So you can look forward to that. And I'm going to ask you to help me to market it because I'm my guidance is to to do it all myself or just really to follow God's guidance for me and not to um have some kind of professional um publishing company or anything like that so I'm going to ask for your help with that and it says by far, the majority are given a slowly evolving training program in which as many previous mistakes as possible are corrected. What are our mistakes? It's when we think we're not good enough, when we think we're bad and wrong, when we think that there's something fundamentally bad about us or wrong about us. Uh, it's when we hold grudges. These are the mistakes to be corrected. And we don't have to move. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to change careers. 
in order to do that. In fact, it's often I see it's much preferable that people, that they stay in their marriage, that they stay in their job, and then they become a beacon of light in their family, in their workplace, in their neighborhood. That's what I have seen working with thousands of people over the years. It says, Relationships in particular must be properly perceived and all dark cornerstones of unforgiveness removed. Otherwise, the old thought system still has a basis for return. You know, um, here I've been doing all this gardening and we have a lot of dandelions in the yard. And uh, I don't know much about dandelions, but uh, they are spreading. And you can't just go pull them up because if you don't get the whole thing, the whole root, they're gonna come. They're gonna come back. And so that's the thing for us is we can't just clear out some of the unforgiveness, some of the resentment, some of the blame, and some of the shame. We really are going for all of it, and the Holy Spirit will show us all of it in a curriculum that we can handle. If we're willing. So all dark cornerstones of unforgiveness removed. I love that he uses the word cornerstones here because an unforgiveness can be and often is simply a judgment. There's something wrong with me. Um, There's something wrong with that race of people. Um. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Anyway, I'm not going to go down there. But um, there's, we have these opinions, these beliefs, these judgments, and they become the cornerstone for how we operate. Um, we can think of uh, all kinds of things. Like uh, I was listening to uh, a comedian who uh, was saying that uh, this was a, um, a black man, and he was saying that when something happens where a black person behaves, we could say badly, um, that it's it's all black people take the blame for it, right? That we these are the kinds of cornerstones racism sexism ageism these are the kinds of cornerstones that we are harboring knowingly and unknowingly and this is the most amazing thing i think about god and doing this spiritual healing work under the direction of the holy spirit is the holy spirit if you're willing will say rather than peel the layers of the onion Let's just go right to the core and throw the whole onion away. When we're doing it on our own, we're peeling the layers of the onion. But when we work with the Holy Spirit, the whole onion goes. I've seen it. I've felt it. I know it. And it's not just me, because I see it in other people who take my classes. In fact, that is one of the main reasons why I offer my Finding Freedom Boot Camp, so that people will do exactly that. Stop peeling the onion and actually give the onions to the Holy Spirit to throw them away. 
with some delicious onion soup that we can all enjoy and laugh and have some crusty bread with. <laughs> um, <laughs> and cheese. Um, so, yes. Oh, and, and my, by the way, my Finding Freedom Boot Camp class uh, registration closes on Thursday. It starts on Thursday, June 8th. Uh, so we've got a couple more days to register there. Uh, and you can read all about it at jenniferhadley.com. It says, so relationships in particular must be properly perceived and all dark cornerstones of unforgiveness removed. Otherwise, the old thought system still has a base for return. As the teacher of God advances in his training, he learns one lesson with increasing Thoroughness. He does not make his own decisions. He asks his teacher for his answer, and it is this he follows as his guide for action. This becomes easier and easier as the teacher of God learns to give up his own judgment. So we learn that lesson to go to spirit for the answer with increasing thoroughness. And the more we learn it, the faster we learn it, the faster our mind heals. So we have so many experiences, don't we, where we prayed for guidance, we got intuition, and then we rejected it. We did what we wanted to do. And a lot of times, I know I used to do this all the time, I would deceive myself about what was guidance and what wasn't. Totally deceive myself, totally playing a mind game because I was not interested in following God's plan. I had my own plan and I liked it. And, you know, a constant theme for me is to recognize why we get so attached to our plan, why we get so attached to so many Things and people and situations and relationships and even how we like our coffee, how we like our toast. We just get so attached to how we think should things should be, how the dishes should be washed and how the this the furniture should be arranged. We get so attached to so many things, and it's just because it's our idea. I think one of the things I appreciate a lot about the team of people I work with is the the ones that I find are the most enjoyable to work with are the ones who will show me, hey, I know you're thinking you're going to do it this way, but what if you did it this way? Seems like this other way could be more fruitful. And as soon as I see it, I go, oh my gosh, that's a much better way. Thank you for showing me that. And I am consistently giving up uh, plans that I thought would be the best way because somebody else has shown me a, a sweeter way, a more direct way, a more helpful way. And so, but if, uh, you know, we can all see in the world people who are so attached to um, their way that there's no room for being able to say, oh, I made an error there, 
or, oh, I didn't see everything. Oh, I thought I knew what was best. I didn't know. The, the ego is running the show with everything. And so then life becomes very challenging. It becomes very hard, very hard, because basically God kind of, in those situations, it seems as though energetically our higher Holy Spirit self will essentially grab us and start shaking us <laughs> to get us to let go and just keep shaking us until we let go, right? You can see this with anyone who has strong attachments. Life is going to keep shaking them and shaking them until they let go. And the letting go is so joyful, so joyful. I used to be a textbook control freak. I needed everything to be my way, or I was angry and upset and punishing Gosh, it's a wonder I had any friends at all, but like does attract like. So I'm grateful. I have friends that I'm still close to from that time, and we have traveled a journey together, and it's a sweet, sweet thing. But you can ask them just what, what I used to be like. So it says here, it becomes easier and easier to hear the guidance, to follow the guidance, and to enjoy the fruits of following the guidance as we learn to give up our own judgment and thinking we know what's best. It says the giving up of judgment, the obvious prerequisite for hearing God's voice, is usually a fairly slow process, not because it is difficult, but because it is apt to be perceived as personally insulting. The world's training is directed toward achieving a goal in direct opposition to that of our curriculum. The world trains for reliance on one's judgment as the criterion for maturity and strength. Our curriculum trains for the relinquishment of judgment as the necessary condition of salvation. So are changes required in life situation of God's teachers? Changes are required in our minds, in our hearts. And then that is probably going to change a lot of situations. And in my experience, only for the better. Only for my personal greater enjoyment. So this is how I've learned that when I feel an attachment to how I think it should be or what I think the plan should be, if I can just relax my mind and move into that infinite patience produces immediate results. Just go right into the infinite patience. Oh, oh, I noticed such a strong attachment there. Let me take a breath. Let me give that to the Holy Spirit. I'm willing. Holy Spirit, what, what is the path of the greatest fulfillment, the greatest healing, the greatest release, the greatest benefit? What is that path? And then I can go make a cup of coffee or walk down to the mailbox, depends where I am, of course, or just um, do something different, and Spirit will let me know when it's time for me to know. I don't have to figure it out. And so 
it's amazing how much happier we can be when we let go of our plans and just hold them very loosely and say, God, my life is your life. Your life is my life. There's just the one life. So use me to shine the light of love. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm designed for. That's my passion. I'm ready. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, uh, let me just mention that my spiritual counseling training intensive is coming up uh, this month, June 19th to the 26th. There are no prerequisites. Anyone can come. It is profoundly healing, as the participants have all told me. And uh, I have to say that it is one of my all-time favorite things to do. I feel like I'm in the zone of my sweet spot in that spiritual counseling training intensive. It's fun. I've never had so much fun with people who are doing such deep healing. And um, we have payment, payment plans to support you. It's in upstate New York for a week. And um, it is open to anyone who would like to hear their intuition better, who would like to be a better communicator, a better listener. Uh, we, we help people who need CEUs for their professional licenses, but we have grandparents, we have parents, we have business men and women. We have therapists and counselors and coaches and people from all walks come and take this training, and they've all told me that it was deeply beneficial for so I know if it calls to you, you'll check it out, and perhaps you'll join us. So let's take this breath of love and gratitude here and be so grateful to all the people who have contributed donations uh, of funds to support this radio show and the transcription of all the broadcasts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We give thanks for our precious life. We give thanks for the Holy Spirit guiding us. We're grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to be led and guided by the Spirit. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to inspiration and gratitude. We share the benefits with all. We allow the healing to be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week. I love you.